Last time on Leighton Legends. You see before you the looming structure of Cinema Silhouette. You're passing by the cell that is closest to the door entering this room, and you notice that the door has a lock on it. Uh, I would like to try it, just with the three keys that I found. But in one of the corners of this cell, you notice a human eye. Uh, I want to like, scream. <laughs> Runes, as best as you can tell, begin to appear on the door itself. What do I seek? Do you want me to jam the eyeball in there? Yeah, go for it. And she just pushes it directly into the door, oh. just kind of squishing it oh. more and more. Oh, I think it's blood. Okay, I want to cut a little thing on my finger, just a little prick, and I just press my thumb to the door. You hear a large clicking noise coming from the door, and then it opens in towards itself. Whoa, dude, good job on the riddle. So you enter the room, and you see that there is a large staircase. All right, down the stairs then, everyone wants to. On the doors is more celestial writing. Let's try reading it again. Okay, it says, boss fight ahead. Boss fight ahead. Boss fight ahead. This one says, but like 10 pitches higher, which means <laughs> I, I think it says there's something up ahead. I, I know I mistranslated the first word. I think it said moss or floss. I don't know. I still a bit rusty. The final boss is a giant dentist. Doctors are dentists too. <laughs> no, they're not. They're <laughs> snake oil salesmen. Um, shall we proceed to the boss fight? For sure. As a paladin in an ancient realm, I'm not sure what a, a boss they're referring to, like a crime boss or something like that, but perhaps we shall see. Is this the infamous Hugo boss? <laughs> I, I think the administrator's forward. <laughs> so the five of you step down the stairs, and as you do, you feel weight on your shoulders, a pressing down on you. I need each of you to make wisdom saving throws. Oh, God. That's an 18. Uh, and I rolled a 21. How did I roll a 9? So Joel, Mames, and Giovanni take 5 points of necrotic damage. Of course, the two paladins take the necrotic damage. I wish I was immune to necrotic. You can see that Giovanni, Mames, and Joel kind of get shrouded in this dark haze as you continue stepping forward. And you reach the end of the staircase. You push through the door into the next room. Yes. With Giovanni in lead... You push through the doors, and you enter a new room. Oh, no. And again, just like when you went through it the first time in the material plane, you entered a room of blackness with pressure pushing down on you. But as you continue to step forward, you step out of it and into what appears to be actually a, a very nice study. Along the walls are bookcases filled with books. There are books on the ground. There are tables in the corner, and there are candles on them, and even books on there. And in the center of the room is a large open oval of books, all kind of clumped around each other, held. But you also notice something else in the room. You step forward, and into it you can see on either side of you, 
is a very large were-rat and a very large zombie. And in the back of the room, you can see a dark form floating in the background, cloaked in black with a large tanned mask on its face with a beak protruding out past its hood. And also, in the center of the room, surrounded by this mountain of books, is Martin. And he's lying on the ground, prone. Jeez. Martin, are you alright? There is no response. Are we entering combat, or can I attempt to talk to the necromancer? You have a moment here to do whatever you would like to do. Lich, this is the first and only warning I will give you. You must leave this realm and never return, or we will vanquish you forever. The Lich looks at you, Giovanni. No! You make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, f***. 19! Yeah. The Lich makes eye contact with you, Giovanni. And the rest of the world kind of darkens around your vision as your eyes connect with it. It's haunting, and it pushes towards you. You feel your heart start to speed up. Then you take a deep breath, and as you do, your heart slows down. Your vision returns to you, and you push back against whatever feeling was pressing down upon you. The lich, the doctor at the end of the room, notices you pushing back against it, and it moves forward. Oof. Everybody roll initiative! That was a 10 for me. A 12 for Mordecai. 15 for Giovanni. Mames gets a 5, <laughs> and Joel gets a 13. Oh, sweet Jesus. Of course, the Lich rolls a 21 initiative, of course. <laughs> but there's also the two zombie-esque creatures that are there. One zombie gets a 3, and the other one gets a 7. Okay. Everyone's got their initiative rolled? Everybody has their initiative rolled. First up is the Doctor with 21. The Doctor kind of rises from the floor. They were already sort of hovering, but they start to rise into the room even more, and you feel like... Its body is almost enlarging. Its cloak is blowing in a wind that just does not exist. And you can feel this dark necrotic energy explode out from it and envelop the entire room. I need everybody here to make a constitution saving throw. Oof. Oof. This guy's not playing, eh? That is a 19 for Mordecai. Ah, oh, it's a 10. Uh, 9 for Val. Can I use my uh, inspiration to reroll? Did you already use that to try and open a door? No. No, that was me. All right. Yeah, okay, you can reroll that again. What happens if I die? <laughs> Bad things. Ugh. <laughs> so I rolled a nine, and then I rerolled a nine. What a waste. Oh, boy. That Tough day. sucks. The doctor casts something called Disrupt Life. Each non-creature within 20 feet of the doctor must make a DC 16 constitution saving throw against this magic, taking 2d6 necrotic damage on a failed save, or half as much damage on a successful one. This guy's a real rude dude, if you know what I mean. So all of you take 5 damage, except for Mordecai, who takes, I guess, 3 damage. Oof. Okay. Okay. Back to my level 1 health here. Alright, next up is Valerius. I haven't heard his full name in a, in a fortnight. Might be the last time you hear it. Okay. Is this your way of telling us you don't want to do the podcast anymore? <laughs> or if Val dies. 
So I would like to just step out real fast, uh, and I want to try and shoot my armor-piercing arrow <laughs> through this rat and into the doctor. I, I know he's floating, so even if I have to like dive to get low and like shoot from the floor. Sweet. Oof. Awesome. Let's have at it. As a bonus action, you can spend one charge and whisper the command Phantom. Until the end of your turn, all arrows released from the bow pass harmlessly through objects, ignoring cover. If you hit a creature, the arrow does an additional 1d6 force damage, and a spectral duplicate of the arrow passes through the creature in a straight line up to 5 feet beyond it. If another creature is in this space, it takes force damage equal to the damage dealt by the original target. All right, give it a go. Ooh, so that's an 8 to hit. Okay, so you shoot at the were-rat, and... It does hit it, and it does two points of damage to it. The arrow continues passing through the were-rat and heads towards the lich. With almost a inhuman level of speed, the lich looks at it, and it stops right in front of the lich and falls to the ground. But it evaporates, of course, because it is a spectral arrow. Ah, bless it, though. Okay, so that burns a charge. Next up in the turn order, technically after the doctor would have been Giovanni. So Giovanni, what do you do? Ooh, I'm really conflicted here. Uh, Mordecai has the crystal we need to bind the lynch, but we also don't really know how to bind him if it's just a stab or if we need some sort of incantation. So for now, I'm just going to occupy myself with this rat dude. Just give him a good old long sword. Yeah, the one-two. Let's have at it. The old one-two, skiddy. <laughs> 18 to hit with six slashing damage. The 18 does hit. And I rolled, I got a 20 for the strength on the pauldrons. And he's taking nine cold damage. Double tap. I feel like the lich has a million health and he's undefeatable. So we got to figure out a way to bind him. But yeah, maybe yeah we, any kind I of don't... weakness we can. I think Martin said that he needs to be stabbed with the crystal. So my idea is. I'll teleport behind the lich and try and stab him in the back with the crystal. Oh, nice. Well, that's a good idea. That's a, that's a slick plan. It's like if he, you know, doesn't kill me in one round first. You have a teleport move? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a Misty. Cool. So. I was thinking too, I'm just going to try to mop up the minions so we can all just focus on the, the lich. Yeah, I was trying. That's why I was trying to do the armor pierce. You're like our defensive lineman. <laughs> it's great. All right, next up is Joel. Joel takes a step forward. And pulls out his crossbow and tries to shoot at the lich. Oh, nice. Hey, good job, Joel. Just trying to shoot his nightmares away. He's found, his, found some steel. He's found his machismo. Joel rolled a 16. It heads straight towards the lich, and it kind of glints off an invisible barrier there and falls to the ground. Of course. Next up is Mordecai. I'm going to use my free action to talk to Mames. And I'm going to yell at her and be like, Mames, the, the guy who's passed out, that's who we're after. We need to we need to get him up and awake if you've got any healing spells like your brother. But there is evil to slay! He is essential to defeating the evil. He, he knows binding spells and stuff. And just, just please help me this one time. I'll see what I can do! Okay, awesome. <laughs> Instead of what I was originally thinking I'd do, I think I'm going to try casting Suggestion on the Lich. A bold move. He has to beat a wisdom 13 saving throw. If he fails, he has to follow through on a course of action that I say up to one or two sentences. And the sentence I'm going to say is, point to your phylactery. I thought we were in the phylactery. I thought the phylactery was the thing that holds his soul. I thought because we went through an interdimensional realm to get to this room that maybe this might be it. I don't know. I'm going to try it. Would you consider this a charm spell? I don't know because it says it's abjuration. 
Uh, creatures that can't be charmed are immune to this effect. Never mind. Yeah, it is a charm. All right, so you cast Suggestion on the Lich, and just like when you were in the room with Bolster and his guard, a green vapor kind of leaves from your mouth as you speak your words towards him, and it heads towards him with almost imperceptible speed, and it flows into him and into his mask. It passes by whatever barriers he has, and then it just kind of envelops his mask and folds over top of it and turns to slime as it continues passing down and then drips onto the floor. The lich looks at you. Ah, Christ. I mean object. I mean thing. Uh, whatever. And I'm going to step behind Joel. (laughs) Oh, yes. Okay, so because you rolled a level two suggestion spell, roll us some wild magic, Brendan. (laughs) Okay, come on. Give us something good. Wild, wild magic. I got a 12. Okay, nothing happens. <laughs> Damn. Now it is Mames's turn. She's taking a step forward, heeding the advice of Mordecai, and rushes towards Martin on the ground. As she tries to get close to him, though, she's not able to. She perceives something there, but she's unable to express it to you guys because you guys are not trying to do the same action. She tries to kind of push her hands through this, this something that is holding her back, something that you cannot perceive and she is unable to get her hands on Martin. Next up is the zombie were-rat that is standing in front of Giovanni. He's going to take a swing at you, Gio. Bet he'd like that. He rolled a 21. Ooh, that hits for six damage. Yeah, he likes that a lot. He likes that a lot. Let's rust you off, get you a tetanus shot when we get back to the barracks. I'm actually immune to all poisons, toxins, and diseases. Oh, perfect. Since level three. <laughs> But I'm not immune to death. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, man. I totally regret laying my hands upon it to everybody else earlier. <laughs> are, you, are you pretty hurt, uh, Gio? Well, I only have 11 health left. Oh, yeah. I can, I'll, I can fix it. Ooh. Okay. Uh, next up is the other zombie on the other side of the room. He sees Mames run towards Martin, and he crawls over a desk and starts scratching at her. And he rolls an 11. He's not able to affect Mames at all. He's not able to pierce her armor or pull her aside or anything. Ha Next up is the Doctor. The Doctor is going to point at Mames, and he casts Ray of Frost. Ha! He rolled a critical fail. Nothing happens. <laughs> His hand kind of starts to glaze over in ice and shatters, and the hand falls away. Ice to see you. Wait, did you say his hand falls away? Yes, the shards of ice that were his hand trickle to the ground. Oh, cool. So he, he has one hand now. Yep. <laughs> that, that won't do him any good in a sword fight. Next up is Giovanni. I'm going to try to slay this rat that's in front of me. Sure. Going for the classic long sword one hand. Oh, God, I rolled eight to hit. The eight does not hit. Ugh. You're unable to successfully attack the were-rat. Next up is Joel. Joel notices that you're having a little trouble with that were-rat, but then he looks over to Mames, who's being attacked by that zombie, and he pulls out his crossbow and shoots at it. Aww, that's cute. The love is there. I'm kind of shipping this now. (laughs) I'm into it. He rolled an 18, and he shoots and hits the zombie for seven points of piercing damage. Next up is Mordecai. Okay, uh, guys, it's time for a stupid move. Hell yeah, light the room on fire. If this doesn't work, it was it was kind of nice to know you. I want to reach into my pocket so that one hand is firmly grasped on the prison crystal shard. And then I would like to misty step immediately behind 
the lich in order to stab him in the back with it. Okay. Describe to me that process. So with the Misty Step, it's a bonus action, and it's instantaneous, so it's almost like within the fleeting bit of a millisecond, I disappear, and I reappear 30 feet. I'm assuming that would put me behind him, because it's a pretty small room. Mm -hmm. And then with my my free hand, I'm going to try and jut the crystal into his back. Okay. And be like, I banish you uh, under the tree in the sanctuary, the prison, yeah. Everybody's very compelled by your speech. Huzzah! Roll a strength check. You're stabbing him with a crystal. (laughs) Here we go. 13. You stab at the lich. And guess what? He gets to react to that. I figured. That's how Mordecai dies again. And he's going to roll a dex check. Uh, I disadvantage because he has one hand. And because I'm immediately behind him. just beat it. God damn it. You know what? I'll give you advantage on that. Because it's like a surprise surprise attack. attack, For sure. Yeah, so roll again there, Mordecai. Okay. And he's just got one hand, to be fair. like. (laughs) (laughs) The second one was a four. All right, so Mordecai rolled a 13 and a four. So he struck at the Lich with his 13. Mordecai, as you bring the crystal down, it wasn't entirely a surprise because you did make a very incompelling speech about how you were banishing this lich to its face a foot behind it. So <laughs> the lich turns around and the lich grabs your wrists, Mordecai. You don't even know how close you got with the shard because the lich reaches out with its long stretched wrist and it stops it right in the air before you can get close to it. And it is just staring at you. Okay. Duh. Val, it's your turn. Uh, I want to go and uh, cure wounds on uh, Geo real quick. Hell yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to move up behind him. Good teamwork, everybody. Team that fights undead together definitely doesn't go to bed together. Oh, hey, let's not uh, let the fan fiction determine who uh, (laughs) goes to bed together. I mean, you two guys keep holding hands and I'm always on the outside. It's just a sign of affection. It doesn't have to be sexual. Aww. And that's going to heal for nine. Awesome. So you get nine hit points back. Nice. Uh, am I able to, to any, any other action or no? Um, no, that is your action. Unless you're going to, I guess, run away. But you're close to that wear rot, so you might be at risk of getting an attack from it. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll hang. I'll hang. Any chance you get a moonbeam going on this lich on your next turn? <laughs> I think it's burned. I think I've burned it. Oh, no. All right, next up, it's Mame's turn. She is in front of Martin, but she is being attacked by the zombie to her right. So she's going to turn to her right. The zombie's kind of on this table, crawling towards her, scratching at her. And she brings up her longsword and double hands smites it. Her sword glows with a holy energy, and she brings it down on the zombie. (laughs) How does she do here? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) All right, so she rolled a 22 on her attack, and she's using her divine energy to peel into the zombie in front of her. And she does an extra 8 radiant damage on the zombie, but because it's radiant and zombies are susceptible to radiant damage, it's actually 16. So she hits it for a total of 23 damage, and the zombie just evaporates into the air. Sick. Nice. Is it safe to say that Joel is just, like, totally smitten at this point? He's having, like, a Dreamweaver moment. That is one smote blow. Okay, (laughs) still a horrible time for that sort of a thing. Joel. 
It's one of the most unholy <laughs> abominations anyone in the room has ever witnessed. Several feet away. It's Joel, though. I've never seen anybody kill zombies like <laughs> you. Next up is the zombie where at. It's going to take a swing at Giovanni. I'm actually pretty nervous about this this time. He really got me last time. <laughs> uh, he rolled a 16. No, not this time. All right. Awesome. It's the zombie that Mames just killed. And that zombie is very much dead. So it doesn't have a turn. But something happens in the corner. You notice in the far right-hand corner of the room that there is a circle on the ground. Oh, no. It's a sign of a pentagram. Oh, no. And into that circle, a zombie rises up. It pulls itself out of the floorboards and is up ready to fight. All right. It all attacks on the lich <laughs> yeah. now. We're not wasting our time with minions anymore. Speaking of the lich, it is now the lich's turn. He is facing Mordecai. Oh. Mordecai, it has your wrist in its long grasp. Oh, no. Just one of them, right? Just one of them. It has the one that's holding the crystal. Just the one I was stabbing at it with. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we'll see. You feel a cold creeping down through your wrist, Mordecai. I need you to roll a constitution saving throw. Okay, come on. 16. Huh. It's pretty pretty good. Pretty good save throw. Yeah, you succeed. You still take some damage, Mordecai. You take four points of cold damage. Okay. But otherwise, you feel okay. Other than that your wrist is being held by a lich. <laughs> I can cast ice spells too, you dead. <laughs> Next up, it's Giovanni. All right, I've had enough of this. Do I get like a bonus to attack if I just jump at the lich because he's completely facing the wrong direction? No, if you were a rogue, you would. Oh, okay, that's fair. All right, I'm just moving. Can I try to tramp, like, kick some of these books over as I head over there? <laughs> um, sort of. Like, I'm just going to literally, like, try to plow straight through to attack the lich. All right, make strength checks. Use the books as a you're, ramp. You're literally attacking the books, moving your way towards the lich. It's not an, it's not an attack. <laughs> 21 on the strength save. Okay, you managed to kick aside many, many books, plowing through them like a person walking through three feet of snow. You run away from the rat, though, and the rat gets to make an opportunity attack at you. Yeah, go for it. I don't even care. Well, could you knock the books down on the rat? No, that's, that's, that'd be too, too much. Da, da, da. The rat rolled a nine, so you're fine. Yeah. Gio, what are you doing? I'm rolling an attack on this lich. <laughs> All right. 22 to hit. 12 slashing, or sorry, 22 to hit with 11 slashing. Wow. It hits. Rolling a strength for the pauldrons. 12. You manage to hit it with your sword, but you go to shove it with your pauldrons, and you're not able to make any headway. It doesn't even come close to the lich. It's almost like a invisible barrier kind of blocks your path towards it. Does the lich react to the sword hit, or is it like an old computer game when you hit something and it just like, it registers the damage, but it doesn't react to it in any way? Yeah. Okay. That's very much how it is. So the sword comes slashing down through the lich, it slices through the back of its cloak, and it does not respond to it, but you feel like you hit it. But I've got hit markers. Okay. Next up, Mordecai. Okay. You guys ever see the puppet show Game of Thrones, <laughs> where the little the little girl drops the thing? <laughs> Yeah, you know what are I'm talking about. Kidding me? Are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Let's give it a go. So I'm gonna drop the crystal into my other hand, and I'm gonna jab it into him with my other nice. hand. Nice. And to make sure 
that I have a better chance at this, I'm going to use my Tides of Chaos to roll at advantage. All right, so this is a dex check to catch it with your other hand. So you drop it. Let's see what you do. Should I use the Tides of Chaos on the dex check or on the stab? That's my question. Or is this all one fluid motion? You have to choose whether you're going to use it to help yourself catch it or to use it to try and pierce the lich. All right, we're going to do to help catch it. Okay. I don't <laughs> want to drop it on the floor. Nice. Yeah, that'd be embarrassing. That's a 20. You catch it. You catch it real good. Everybody's impressed. It looks really cool. Toss a wink at Giovanni. Just like, you know what's up. And then stab. All right, stab away. Okay, so that's just another flat strength check, I guess. Yeah, it would technically be a d20 plus your strength for a inproficient weapon attack. Well, I mean, that's just zero anyways. Would this be an advantage because the Lich is holding his other hand? No, he's not at advantage anymore. He has lost that point blank range. It it would seem actually like you would be at disadvantage, but I'm it's just going to I'm going to even it out in my head. 17 to hit. You don't hit it. What? The crystal pierces towards the lich and it just kind of peels up and it's scratching almost an invisible surface. It's not refracting off it. It's not slowing down and stopping. And you feel like you made a trip in like a little piece of this invisible force oh crap just keep hitting him i'm fine does that register any damage or is that just story juices story juices uh maybe it's gonna have i mean story juices affect the real world so maybe but not today satan not today okay val you're up next so i would like to activate flame blade nice and then move up alongside uh, Geo there and assault the Lich. Flame Blade is a spell where you summon a spectral flaming sword. And in front of you, Val, shines a flaming scimitar just burning with natural heat. You reach out towards it and you grab it from the air in front of you. What do you do? Uh, okay, I want to skirt up alongside Geo and try and attack the Lich. Okay, before you're able to get to the Lich... The zombie were-rat behind you slashes at you as you try to make your way to the lich. Yeah, no, I I knew he was too, but I, yeah. He rolled a seven. Nope, no dice. All right, so nothing happens. He misses you as you try to get past him. You head towards the lich. Okay. Roll your attack. Roast this guy. Twelve to hit. Your sword comes down on the lich, and it slashes right off an invisible force that's surrounding it. Damn it. It's Joel's turn. Joel sees the rat swing at Val as Val tries to get past him. Joel pulls out his crossbow and shoots at that rat. Joel's just a fighter, right? Or is he like a rogue? Like, what's his, uh... You have no idea. We don't know. Okay, that's fair. Makes sense. We've never really taken any time to get to know him. <laughs> or maybe he's a secret paladin. Yeah. With lockpicks and a crossbow? I don't know. The very secret paladin. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Joel has a dark past and he's actually an oathbreaker. Ooh, interesting. That'd be fun. Oathbreaker! He rolls a 22. The rat crumples to the ground as a crossbow bolt pierces the very center of its chest, and it just fades into the ground. Oh, does he reappear in the same spot as that other zombie making a horrible Cronenberg-style zombie rat, man? (laughs) That would be pretty great. And that is uh, Joel's turn. Next up is Mames. Mame sees the zombie in the corner that has now reappeared, and she starts dashing towards it. And double-handing over top of her head, she comes down and brings her sword on the zombie's head. Nice. Mames rolls a 17, and the 17 does hit, so the zombie takes four points of slashing damage. Next up is the zombie were-rat that was just killed by Joel. In the corner to the left of Joel, there's another circle. And from the floorboards, just like in the other corner of the room, 
the were-rat kind of pulls itself up out of them. And that's that were-rat's turn. Next up is the zombie that Mames just attacked at. It doesn't like Mames being there. It doesn't like being hit in the head with a sword. It takes a step towards Mames and scratches at her. It rolled a 16, which does hit Mames, and Mames takes four points of slashing damage. It's really nice doing these fight scenes where it's just me back and forth with myself. <laughs> I love that. I've been treated. All right. The Lich is still holding Mordecai. He's grabbing onto his hand, and Giovanni and Val have both run up behind him and are swinging at him with their respective weapons. The Lich doesn't like that. He casts Thunder Wave. Uh... I need everybody to make constitution saving throws. Ugh. Okay. Oh my god, I rolled a four. Why am I saving throws so bad? Uh, seven for Val. It's a 21 for Mordecai. Mames rolled a 19, though, so she's okay. I like to feel like I'm immune to it, because I cast it all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have a bit of a resistance to it, <laughs> maybe. That's like how I'm immune to swords, because I stab things all the time. <laughs> well, you sort of are. <laughs> so that's nine damage? Yes. Giovanni and Val, you take nine damage each, and you're pushed back ten feet. Ugh. So you're pushed back to about these bookcases behind you. You don't hit them, but you do fly back. Do we knock over any of the books in the semicircle on the way over? Uh, no, they're sort of around you. Technically, you should be prone, but I'm not going to worry about that right now. Okay. Mordecai, you take five points of damage. Mames also takes five points of damage. Mordecai, you are still held by the Lich. Giovanni, it's your turn. <laughs> I'm gonna charge with that lich again. I can't hit. I, I need to get a hit in and I get some cold damage on him. I'm gonna go for a one-hander again. Okay. Oh, shit. I rolled a nat 20. Whoa. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Jesus. Your sword comes down and just pierces through whatever invisible veil was surrounding the lich. How much damage does it take? 18. 10 plus 8. All right. So the lich takes 18 points of damage. Does he, does he react to that? <laughs> the Lich doesn't react. It, it's not reacting to any of the damage that it's taking. Okay. Uh, does he beat a 13 for the Cold Pauldron damage? I mean, you don't beat a 15, is what it is. Oh, okay. Oh, so now I know it's 15. Okay. Yeah, so you're always trying to beat a 15 with this Pauldron damage. Okay. You try to strike at the Lich, almost moving through the invisible veil you cut through, um, but it seals up before you manage to get in there, and it stops you from getting in. Okay. All right, Mordecai, you're up. I'm going to just stare back at the Lich with him holding me. This is a real dumb move, asshole. And I'm going to use a sorcery point to twin spell Witch Bolt directly into him through the arm that he's holding me with. Cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, through the arm that, that's holding you right now? Yeah. Okay. He's holding me, so like it's point blank. I'm just going to flow the electricity through me directly into him. And since it's a twin spell, I'm going to cast it two times. Here we go. Okay. First one's a 15 to hit. Nice. For six damage. The 15 does not hit. Okay. And then the second one is a 17 to hit for 10 damage. So Mordecai, with a fearsome strength of will, you reach out with your magical energy that's inside of you, and you push out through your arm into the lich, and you can feel the crackling bolts of witch bolt pushing through into the lich and you feel a resistance as you do that almost like the energy is pushing back into you and it's like the lich is fighting you to try and stop this witch bolt from manifesting itself in the lich and there's this fierce contest between you two as you push back and forth 
but the Lich is much, much stronger. And the bolt doesn't push back into you, but it shoots out and casts itself on one of the bookshelves that's near you, and the bookshelf just explodes. Oh, damn. So do I damage him at all, then? No. The 17 doesn't hit him. The 17 doesn't hit him. Oh, god damn. Okay, never mind. Mm. Uh, I guess two wild magic surges? Yep. First one's a three. Second one's a ten. Okay. Mordecai, roll a d100. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Come on. Give me something that's going to hurt this lich like casting fireball on myself. <laughs> Holy Jesus. That would be amazing. Oh, let's not. Okay. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> what do you roll? Uh, that's a 47. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mordecai, as the witch bolt shoots out from both you and the lich, the tattoos on your body start to glow a white hot. And as that happens, you get a sorcery point back. Oh, nice. Cool. So it's not fantastic, but it's very useful, maybe. Yeah. All right, next up is Val's turn. Okay, I just want to, uh, just like Geo kind of just advance again on the Lich and try and hit him with my flaming scimitar. Okay. Uh, it's a 15 to hit. You go slash at the Lich. And just like before, your flaming blade comes down on the invisible veil and it slashes off and hits the ground. Ah, damn it. Ah, 14 fire was I know, huge. I both fire is the word. Next up is Constable Joel. Joel just killed that whale rat and now he has noticed that it is off to the left of him, reappeared. And he's, he's not enjoying that. He doesn't like what's going on whatsoever. And he's still kind of in shock. So instinctually, he fires off his crossbow bolt at that were-rat in the corner again. It's so great that you brought these NPCs along to deal with the other NPCs. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. I wish th I wish they would actually focus on the lich. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you should say something. Pretty busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Joel rolled a seven, and it is not able to pierce the were-rat. Perhaps he's a little too shaken up, and the bolt just goes wide and hits one of the bookcases. Next up is Mames. Mames is going to lay hands on herself and heal herself for seven hit points, Ooh. which is the rest of her lay on hands. But from what you could tell, Mames is not looking really good right now. Next up is the zombie rare rat. He's going to charge Joel and he's going to slash at Joel with uh, this beaten scimitar blade that it's holding. He rolls a 13. Jesus, I don't even know what Joel's AC is. It's a 16, so he's fine. Nice. Next up is a zombie in front of Mames. It's going to scratch at her. It rolled an 11 and is not able to damage Mames, so she's doing okay. Next up is the doctor again. Ugh. It's holding on to Mordecai, and it has become surrounded yet again. I wonder what the doctor will do to try and prevent you guys from all hurting it at the same time. Well, got some bad news. It's going to cast Thunder Wave again. Damn it. Ugh. Everybody needs to roll constitution saving throws, including Mames. Okay, I had critical. I rolled a nat 20 that time. Wow, so did Mordecai. <laughs> yeah, nat 20 plus four. And just a nine for me. Okay, so Giovanni and Mordecai, you guys are fine. You don't take even half damage. This electrical wave emanates from the Lich, but it just passes around you guys. Val, however, you take eight points of damage, and so does Mames. Oof. I'm down to three. And I'm thrown back, I presume, yeah? How many times did I cure people today that wasn't laying on hands? I think you just used cure wounds once on Mordecai. Okay, so I still have another slot. Yeah. Uh, Val also has healing spells, but well, that's besides the point. 
Yeah, I'm going to try and heal myself up here. All right, next up is Giovanni. Gio, what do you do? I don't know. Should I heal Val? Uh, you're not immediately in danger. No, 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 no. Stra- Val's I- at three. I'm at eight. Oh, Jesus. I'm also at 11. <laughs> so how, how close do you think we are to defeating this lich? I don't know. Hard to say, man. If we get a few more 18 chops, I think it might be pretty fast, but he seems pretty unflappable. <laughs> All right. Long sword again. He'll eventually run out of spell slots, right? Oh, I rolled a nat 20 again! Yes! Right on. So that's 18 slashing. Yes, another 18 jump. Let's see if I get the strength on the pauldrons here. No, 11. Damn it. So what does 18 slashing do, if anything? If, if, if anything? <laughs> yeah. Does the 18 slashing damage hurt it? I don't know. It's so weird. I honestly don't know if it does, because it's, it's like an ethereal thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like we have to like knock it unconscious and then like stab it with the crystal or something. We're like. using a lot of video game logic here. <laughs> does it have any glowing weak spots? Like a Pokemon, kind of, you know? <laughs> you gotta just kind of wear it down. Giovanni, your sword comes clashing down. It swipes through whatever veil was surrounding the doctor, and it passes straight through its robes, cutting everything in half. The lich is standing there now with two halves of a body. The first one is floating above, the second one a foot below. It doesn't react to that, but you can make out the dark form underneath all those robes. Ah! Oh, man. Now is the time. Now is the time, Mordecai the Crystal. Mordecai, it's your turn. So, sorry, he's floating in two halves right now? Yes, indeed. All right, I'm shoving that crystal in between the two halves if I can. In between the two halves. So if he tries to, like, rejoin himself, it's just going to be stuck inside him. Oh, my God. That's the... Okay, all right. Awesome. So you're not attacking. You're just holding this up and down in case yeah, he tries to hold my arm out and be wait, like... Wait, wait, wait. Didn't you say he had, like, a true body or something like that underneath the two halves? No, it's it's separated by air, but you can make out the dark form that's in between the robes, both above and below. Okay, maybe maybe stab at that. <laughs> yeah. Would, would I have to stab or would I just have to hold it there? That's the thing. Because part of me wants to distract him as he tries to get back together. Yeah, how, how easy can you make this for us? What do you want to do? You know what? Screw it. I want to stab it up under his the torso part. Okay. Up, up into the guts. Mordecai, make a strength check. Come on. Nat 20. Ah! <laughs> Mordecai, you're still hovering in the air, suspended by the long wrist of the lich. Its legs are sinking towards the ground, but its body still seems solid, standing there, gazing into your eyes. You reach forward with your left hand, free of the lich thrusting into the space between the two body parts. And then you pull up, right into the gut of the lich. There's a moment, a crackling, a sudden quietness in the air, and the lich looks down at your spare arm, thrusting up into its torso, and then it looks back into you. There is a howling noise. The wind around you starts to circle, and pull in towards the lich himself. Cold starts to emanate down from your hand. Brendan, I need you to make a constitution saving check. And I roll an 18. And Mordecai says, take one crystal and don't bother calling me in the morning. 
you feel cold reaching down through your hand and into your body as you stab up, but you push through it. The lich starts screaming and howling. Its other handless wrist starts pumping at you, pulling at your other hand, jutting into its stomach. I need you to make a strength check. That's a five. Your hand is thrown off. You lose your grip on the crystal as it pierces itself into the lich. It's almost like the crystal is pulling itself further and further into the lich, pulling up into its chest. The howling noise grows stronger as the wind around you starts to circle. Giovanni and Mordecai, I need you to make dexterity saving throws. She's gonna blow! Oof, I rolled a 15. I rolled a, a 14. Mordecai, you fall to the ground. Both you and Giovanni duck as the wind starts pulling into the lich. And as you look up, you can see its body start to crumple, start to pull in on itself. Its lower torso pulls up into its body, creating a shell around the crystal, pulling itself even further. And it looks like it's being compressed in a trash packer can as it pulls in on itself. And then suddenly, there's a boom. I need everybody to make constitution checks in this room. Oh my god, you're just trying to kill us. I am trying to kill you. Die. Die. I rolled a 17. That's a 19. Ooh, and that's a 20 for Val. Turn your head and cough. <laughs> Still swinging, Mordecai. Oh boy, okay, okay, okay. Alright. Oh, poor Joel. Crit fail. Is Joel dead? Joel rolled a natural one. Mames rolled a 19. There is a bright flash of light. The entire room echoes as a large boom emanates out from the lich. And then the light fades away. The lich is standing there, but its body is growing incorporeal as it starts to fade from a black darkness in its robes to a light. And then the lich itself is pulled into the crystal. And the crystal disappears. <sighs> you look around yourself and you see the crumpled bodies of the zombies on either side on the ground and their bodies start to turn to ash and then fade into the floorboards. What do you do? Check in with everybody. <laughs> Everyone's still here. Mordecai flops over having used up all of his gusto and machismo in order to not piss himself while being held by the lich. Wait, 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 wait. There's, there's a red X over... Guys, there's a red X over Joel. Oh, no! What's going on here? Giovanni, you rush back to another figure that's laying on the ground. It's lying next to the were-rat, and you know that it's Joel. Oh, God. I have one lay hands left. One, one lay hands. Can I try to use it on him? Joel is lying unconscious on the ground. You hold your hands to his throat, and you cannot feel a pulse. God damn it, I don't care. I want to do it anyway. So you're going to... You have one point of lay on hands? Yeah, I don't want to use okay. it. Okay. With the same hand that's touching the throat of Joel, you reach out with whatever politic energy is left to you, and you push with all of your will into Joel, and then you feel a pulse. This is why I saved one, one point of lay on hands, because I knew someone would be getting knocked out. Is he, like, unconscious as Frigg, though? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, Joel is not awake. He does not wake up, but you can feel a pulse. Ah, oh, sweet Joel. Sweet, brave, noble Joel. That's what brought you back. You caress his hair. Single dramatic tear. We, we, we straight up lied to him to get him to come here. I'd feel really bad if he died. 
Don't forget about Martin. Oh, yeah, Martin. One corpse at a time. I mean, one unconscious person at a time. I should have cure wounds. Uh, can I try and revive Martin? Sure. Just give him a shake, even, or like, see, if he, see if he responds now? Like, uh, I'm, I'm sure that the, the magic that might have been protecting him is, is maybe down now, so... You reach out towards Martin to touch him and give him a shake. You're no longer held back by whatever field was preventing Mames to get access to him. You pull him over. He's lying on his chest. And as you do, you notice a great big bruise and scar over top of his left eye. Oh. <laughs> uh, is he breathing? Like, is he? You lean close and you can hear a very raspy, very faint breathing coming from him. But he doesn't wake up when you push him. Oof. Someone, anyone got cure wounds left? I do. And I, I've got enough to use it. Go ahead and cast cure wounds. Seven. That's a seven. So Martin gets seven hit points back. You reach out with your hand as you hold on to Martin. You cast Cure Wounds, and you can see life energy leave from your body and into him. And as you do, the color returns to his skin, and he starts to stir a bit. Martin, still laying on the ground, still prone, looks over at you, and he says, Did you, did you get him, boy? Yeah, with, with your help, Martin. Absolutely. You need to... You have to get me to Ash. Martin opens his eyes and looks at you, Val. And his one eye, piercing blue, is gazing into you, pleading with you. But the other eye is empty. An open socket. Mm. God. <laughs> oh, God. I hate to tell you. <laughs> Mames, Mames, do you still have that eyeball? No, God, don't give him that eye. That's jammed in the door god damn it ah uh, smushed it's very smushed <laughs> can you can you help us get you there mames looks very uncomfortable in that moment yeah i'll bet god damn <laughs> i'm feeling very high and mighty right now yo uh, the sacred object like it gets a uh, it gets a lot of cred today the sacred thing wow in the alvin community at least <laughs> not jumping on that community anytime soon lord I was going to say, like, hey, Martin, like, we can help you. We can help you. We, we brought some friends to help us. Uh, you know, can, can you tell us where, where the sanctuary is? Through the door. Really quickly, party, I hate to uh, do this, but should we loot the room really quickly? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Or is that, is that a bad taste? Is there any cool shit in this room? Everybody roll investigation checks. I just want to picture it, though. Martin saying, the door to the door and then Val just kind of drops his head back on the ground stands up and then the three of you start looking around the room yeah yeah Martin we'll go in a second man just uh just ch ch chill for a minute <laughs> for a natural 20 yeah Mordecai also rolled the 20 I rolled a 6 to investigate wow you guys did really well not all of us remember those rolls earlier <laughs> some of you did I'll use this opportunity to carry Joel or Martin, whichever. I'll, I'll pick up Martin to hold him. <laughs> Giovanni, you find a single silver piece on the ground again. Yay, I have three silver pieces. <laughs> Giovanni's just that kid who's always picking pennies off the ground. Hey, I'm the son, son of a merchant. You know, you gotta, every, every silver piece counts. Okay, Brendan, you're kind of flipping through some of the books that are around you. And you find a book labeled Arcanum Infantatum. Okay. You don't know what it is yet, but perhaps if you spend some time, you might be able to investigate. It's all written in Celestial, 
you don't quite understand it. Your celestial, as you mentioned before, is a little rusty. But if you spend a little time, you might be able to read it and maybe it could help you out. Thank you. Val, you're flipping through some of the boxes on the side of the room and there's a, a desk that's there and there's a number of drawers in the desk and you open up the first one. You find what looks like a root and it's a very peculiar looking root. Maybe it's something you recognize. Can I have you roll a nature check? Uh, that is a 20. Oh, wow. Okay. So you recognize this root. It is a root of a rowan wood tree, which is very peculiar in that it is in this place. You don't know why it was here or maybe if it was being used by the doctor in some way, because it's not a common root and it's only really found by those who are specifically looking for it because it contains very, very magical properties. According to rumors and your understanding of Elvish lore, it is something that is frequently associated with the Fae. Interesting. Rowanwood, okay. And this is a crafting item for you, and you can use it to craft something. And we'll work out the details of exactly what that'll look like sure. for you afterwards. Good, uh, cool. Cool find. Okay. So that's the stuff you find in this room. <laughs> Giovanni got a penny, Mordecai got a mysterious magical book, and Val got some kind of ancient root. We can go back to tending the wounded, I suppose, now. Yeah, now that that's sorted out. Uh, where is this door, I mean? Well, there's no door that you can explicitly see other than the one you came through. Okay. Yeah, let's head out. I gotta make sure I get my cloak back. Mames, can you carry- can you carry our friend Joel? Uh, of course, Giovanni. I'll- I'll get young Joel here. Aww. Joel looks up at her lovingly. Uh, no, Joel's unconscious. Still cute, though. And Mames picks up Joel. And you pick up Martin. I'm not going to have us make strength checks because uh, I, you're just going to do it. And you're going to keep doing it until you find it. As you exit out through the what you could best describe as the phylactery of the Lich, you're no longer entering the weird ethereal version of the cinema silhouette that you walked into, but the real actual thing. And if Mordecai were to look, he would see that underneath the table nearby would be his cloak. Oh, thank God. I pick it up and brush it off and uh, stuff it in my coat. You notice that as you pick it up, though, there is a suspiciously sword-shaped hole in it. What? <laughs> what? 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 I'm going to hold it up and try and see where the hole is. Like, is it like a mouth hole now? It's a hole where your butt would be. Ah! I'm going to have to sew some buttons in there later. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> yeah, buttons, so you can open it whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, it's a bathroom <laughs> flap. That's fine. Everything I have has holes in it. You make your way out through each of the rooms, and you can see that Martin is kind of getting some aware. He's, he's not strong. He keeps kind of dozing in and out, but he keeps kind of pointing forward, edging you on to keep moving. And eventually, the five of you make your way to the entrance to the cinema silhouette. And Martin is just pointing you on further and further, and you go to leave through cinema silhouette. And as you step out through the door into what would be the city, all of a sudden, you're not in the city. You're in Sanctuary, Sanctuary, Sanctuary. everyone for joining us in the finale to season one of late and legends 
I had a lot of fun working on this season, but the story doesn't end here. Stay tuned both literally and figuratively. A special thanks to all of our patrons up until this point, Al, Dan, Ethan, Kate, and Paula. If you're like these very special people and want to support our show, sign up on patreon.com dash Legends. Additionally, we'd love it if you guys left us a review on Facebook or iTunes, as these reviews really help us get the podcast out there to other people. We'd also like to thank Jake and Brendan of Kraken Mara for the use of their song Stratus in this episode. Lastly, we just released our own website, lateandlegends.com. You can go there to check out our events, join our schedule for upcoming episodes, listen to episodes, and even support the podcast. We hope to have merchandise up shortly, including soundtracks from both this series and our band Late and Loud, as well as various merch like CDs, t-shirts, and the like. That's all for now. We'll see you in Season 2. Late now, long past when others would be on the street. A figure steps out from under the eaves across from Cinema Silhouette. Looking both ways to clear the street, he steps across and towards the entrance of the building. The lock on the door has been busted, as he expected it would be. Stepping into the building, he is initially confronted with nostalgia. As a young lad, he used to visit this theater often, but now was not the time for nostalgia. There was work to be done. And now that the others have left, it's time to move. The figure knows the way to the Lich's hidden room. He walks through the chambers of the building, noticing scorched plasma on the ground in areas. This must be where they struck down foes, he thinks to himself, ethereal by the look of it. Passing by, he walks through the steel door and follows the staircase down into the phylactery. It's a mess in here. Some people just don't know how to care for their things. Books are thrown about the room and dust and ash are piled up in corners. He comes into the room and starts looking at the bookshelves. It must be here somewhere, he tells himself desperately. I know this can't be all of it. He starts tearing at the books, pulling them out of their spots on the shelves recklessly and tossing them to the floor, not even bothering to look at the titles. He pulls and pulls, and then suddenly, there's a book that will not budge. He sighs. Good, this is it. He takes a step back from the shelf and looks at it, before reaching to his belt at his waist and bringing forth a hatchet. Without any pretense, he begins striking at the shelf. Bits of lacquered wood flies from the axe as it strikes, cutting left and right. The man removes shelves and makes gaps in the back of the structure. Dropping the axe, he reaches into those gaps with his hands pulling at the wood. It pulls away, 
leaving an opening into a dark staircase. Panting, the man takes a breath, and then retrieves his hatchet from the ground, returning it to its place at his belt. He takes a step into the dark, and follows the staircase down. It's cold in here, very cold, and a dampness clings to the cobblestone walls on either side of him, and leading down, down the staircase he goes, step by patient step, until he can make out a light. He approaches it, a green aura filling up the end of the staircase, and enters into a circular room. The floor is covered in mossy brick, and broken rubble lines the room, but in the center of it is a well. It glows with a green light, casting the rest of the room in a cruel glow. This is it. This was what he was looking for. Approaching the well, he sees a form in it. A young girl lays just beneath the surface of the water, lying still as though she's asleep, but her body still looks intact, still looks uncorrupted. Good, he thinks to himself. He's not too late. He reaches into the well and pulls up the unconscious girl, hauling the wet body into his arms. She's slight and frail, and her weight is a gentle comfort to him. He turns to leave the room when he notices something else. Looking at the edge of the well, he notices a tan mask with cruel eyes and a long beak. Hmm, this might come in handy. Reaching for it, with one arm cradling the girl, Frederick Bolster plucks the mask from the well and turns back to the exit. He looks up into the staircase where two other figures have appeared. He speaks to them. Bring the rest. Leave nothing behind. He steps past them and into the night. <laughs>